Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. On today's episode number three, Swimming Upstream, we will discuss law of attraction, how it applies to you and your horse, how to regulate your energy when the momentum is strongly going in a way that isn't favorable, how consequences and comparison manifest in your relationships, and so much more. So let's spill the tea. Hello. We are so excited to have you guys joining us wherever you are in the world. Um, Hopefully you got to see our last episode where we talked about emotions manifesting as expressions and how we might be labeling them. And we also talked a little bit about boarding situations and maybe um, perceived situations and how you can kind of soften those things. And today we kind of wanted to get started with um, a little bit of a conversation about momentum and law of attraction and comparison and consequence and like all the things, all the heavy yet fun things that we have control over. And um, our intention for this episode is to shed light a little bit on like illnesses and maybe injuries or things that you're experiencing with your animals and the power that you actually have to change course. So we want to talk to you guys a little bit about um, how to do that. So Amber, do you want to just maybe touch lightly on law of attraction and the things that we know to be true about it? Yeah. So we definitely wanted to chat about this because we were saying that me and Shaylee both speak the same language in this realm. So I think that's why we connected over a lot of the things we talk about. And there's a lot of different resources and and we'll stick maybe a few in the show notes. So that way, if you guys want to explore, um, they're not necessarily animal specific, but I always say, I feel like when I'm training horses, I'm constantly thinking about behaviors and the interactions we're having being like all of the videos that I've learned from Abraham Hicks, everything about the law of attraction and like what am I inviting into my space right now? And um, I know, I think a really um, easy way, I always sort of envision, it's so interesting, like just like a magnet. And so when I'm walking around and these little particles of like stuff, right? And so if I'm noticing, I'm becoming aware of a theme in my life, like injuries or, you know, the same annoying thing thing that someone is doing, but like different people are doing the same annoying thing. Or, you know, um, I'm, I keep noticing a lot of, you know, hurt people or sad people or, and what I started to realize is I used to say, well, it's the business that I'm in. Of course, I talk to people who are struggling. And so, and um, what someone had brought to my attention, a coach friend of mine, she said, well, you know, like when I am in my own stuff, I actually feel like my clients will bring me more of that same stuff into the sessions. So we're talking about law of attraction. It's almost like the awareness piece is big, like the pattern, you know, like, what am I, what am I bringing in? What is around me right now? And is there a theme and understanding that if that's there, you will attract more of it, like a little magnet. Um, And that you really do have 
control over your perception, the things you're noticing and the things you're calling into your space. And it's really about the momentum that you get going. So once you've noticed it and you're noticing like 10 different things all around you, likely the momentum is a going. <laughs> so Abraham Hicks gives this analogy of like a car at the top of the hill. And if you notice that the e-brake is not on in the car, you can get in right away and pull the e-brake and you're good. If you notice that the e-brake's not on and the car is starting to roll at the top, it's way easier for you to be able to get a handle of it, top of the hill. But by the time you get to the bottom of the hill, it's going to be really hard for you to stop that car from going. And the stuff that we're calling in is a lot like that. And so we're going to touch on things you can do about that, what that looks like in real life for, you know, both of us. Um, and yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. I feel like that is exactly what happens. And something to just kind of keep in mind too, is we always say like, oh, I'm thinking about that thing that I don't want to be thinking about mm -hmm. because the universe is like an all-inclusive, like law of attraction, you are literally attracting good things or negative things. So like if you're, even if you're thinking about what you don't want, you are still attracting that to yourself because that is the energy that you're putting out there. So it's definitely like an inclusion thing. There's no like law of exclusion. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also, um, also with that piece, it's like, what helps me with that piece when I'm aware of that is and if you guys do, if you do dabble in the Abraham Hicks stuff, maybe we'll find like a really good, like foundational video that we can like post a link to so they can watch it, but talking about the different steps of it and step one moments are the moments where you're like, I don't like this. I don't want this. It's a step one moment. So it's not necessarily a negative thing, but it is showing you more of, you know, what you don't want, but more of what you do want at the same time. So there are ways to get a hold of it. It's a practice though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we have a theme. Everything's a practice over here. Okay, so I kind of want to share a little bit about what's going on in my life because it definitely has to do with momentum. Um, and someone actually had asked the question of like, do some horses get injuries when they're trying to show us something or teach us something? And I feel like the answer is yes, but it's not like they're deliberately going out and being like, and scraping themselves on the fence and being like, see, you need to be aware of this. But we are seeing that because it's what's in our vibrational field. And also there is that aspect of animals mirroring their people, you know, like I talk to people all the time where I'm like, oh, wow, he's got like something going on in his kidneys. And the person will be like, well, I'm on dialysis right now and I have something going on in my kidneys. So there is that manifestation aspect, but it's not, I think sometimes the misconception is that animals are deliberately like sucking in all that bad energy, you know, and, and taking it to teach you a lesson. And in my experience, it's not necessarily that it's just that when you have a chronic dominant vibration, chronic dominant, like thought, behavior, belief, whatever that is around you a lot of the time. And when you are experiencing things with your animals and that chronic 
thing is there, they do start to, their energy can sometimes align with that. And that's how, in my experience, like those things manifest together. I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but that's kind of what I have found. No, I am. I fully agree. And that's one of the things that I had talked about. I was like, I feel like that's what I want my book to be. Maybe we co-write this book. (laughs) Maybe that was because I was like, why? I don't feel like enough people are talking about that. And a couple years ago is when I started asking like the vet and the chiropractor, like I started noticing it and I was like, this is so interesting. And I would ask them and they were like, oh, hundred percent, you know, hundred percent. Like she, um, uh, one of the people that I had talked to about it, she had a client that was a, um, neurobiologist and she had specialized in something, but she had, I think two or three horses go neurological under the age of like five. Like she was like, it was the most unreal, crazy thing that like would never happen, like except in a movie or something. And so that was for me, I was like, that is crazy. And then kind of opened me to like starting to see it more. And I was like, that's so interesting. And so, yeah, I fully 100% um, agree with that. Yeah, it's crazy. So So I, there's like a couple of scenarios that I feel like I have. So with my horse, Biggie, um, I got like a swollen foot and he had cellulitis in the left hind that I was kind of on and off treating. Didn't think anything of it. Like didn't make the connection at all. And this foot stayed swollen for like literally like three weeks. And so I finally went to the doctor and they ran all these tests on me and they couldn't figure out what it was. And they were like, we're just going to call it cellulitis. And as soon as they labeled that, I was like, Oh motherfucker, this is coming from my horse. And I did not realize that. So they gave me the antibiotics. I went home. I acknowledged that this is something that was connected to my horse and that I needed to address on a different level. Didn't take a single antibiotic and my foot was fine the next day, completely (laughs) went away. Like, and it had been swollen for like a few weeks. Um, (laughs) And then I, one of my dogs, so like, this is just an example where they can kind of send energy to you because sometimes we don't always understand what to prioritize with our animals. And I have a dog who's like 11 years old and he really needed his teeth done. And I kind of knew it, but it wasn't like on the forefront of my mind. Like I was like, oh, I should probably get his teeth done this year, but wasn't really thinking of it. And I started taking this new supplement and my gums started getting like itchy and painful and I felt like it was the supplement. And so I stopped the supplement, but then got my dog's, um, teeth done like a couple days later, started it again and never had like a single issue. Like it was a hundred percent him just sending me like, get my freaking teeth done. So they can totally send like energies to our body. Um, but yeah, my most recent thing is all of my animals basically falling apart. Um, so <laughs> it started with my horse who fell down like a four foot embankment and injured his ankle. And then that same horse stepped on my Boston Terrier and broke her leg, which was, well, I'll keep going. Um, so stepped on my dog and then I 
have another puppy that found a dead chicken carcass in the woods and she got super sick and became really neurological. And then yesterday I was sitting on my porch, just admiring my life. And I watched one of my horses get kicked in the knee and just blood started pouring down his leg. And I was like, wow, my animals are really freaking trying to tell me something right now. Like there's something very dominant in my vibration. And if this is you, this means that your momentum is strong. Your car is middle of the hill, (laughs) headed to the bottom of the hill. Hopefully, (laughs) like there's a reason why people say when it rains, it pours. And it's because you literally just get your freaking momentum going. And the, and the universe is like, oh, this aligns with that. This aligns with that. This aligns with that. And they just keep giving you more of what you're thinking about. So, um, so what you kind of have to do in that point is, try to take your attention off of what's going on. So obviously you do what you do, what you need to do. You, you bandage up the wound, you take your dog to the vet, you know, you do all the things that will set them up for success. But then you got to get the frick out there mm-hmm. and start telling yourself. And Amber really like laid it out very clearly for me, which I felt was really helpful. She was like, you need to give yourself permission to not feel responsible for what they're doing with their bodies and the way that they're feeling in their bodies and how they're healing, because it's not your responsibility. And then I kind of added my own piece to it where I was like, yeah, it's none of my business. Like the way that they're feeling or what they're doing, like it totally is none of my business. And if I'm doing all these things to set them up now, I got to be like, okay, what's going on in my own experience that is causing all of these series of unfortunate events? And Mm -hmm. it's funny because in hindsight, all of the things that have happened with my animals have been like, it feels like a little test for me. So like Sage is a Boston Terrier. She's so tiny. She got stomped on the day after it poured rain. So the grass was super freaking spongy and she barely got a hairline fracture. So it was like enough, but you know, it should have done worse to her. And then with Arlo, it's like the same thing. She got completely neurological, but we were able to put her on antibiotics. She came back. Biggie got kicked in the knee, could have obliterated his knee, but it swiped up. So it literally just like peeled the skin off and that was it. So it's just kind of funny how it's like, okay, but did you die? No, you didn't. All right. Let's like change the momentum a little bit. (laughs) So do you, do you have any thoughts around any of that? Yeah, I feel like, um, we had talked a little bit about why I, when, when we were trying to figure out what to call ourselves. And I, I even asked that a couple of times on social media, people like, Oh, healer. And that word really triggered me where I was like, no, no, I'm, a healer of my own body, of my own things, right? And so uh, I create maybe a safe space for these things to be witnessed or to be understood. And everybody is responsible for their own healing. And what I had said to Shaley was, I was like, you know, the body work and going to the vet and the antibiotics and the casts and all the things, right? Those are all things that can definitely support the healing, but the body is the what is actually healing it. And it may speed it up and it may make it more, um, I almost said more better. (laughs) It may make, (laughs) whoa, the healing more, uh, you know, efficient and effective and, but it, the body is still doing it. Right. And so when we get so obsessed with what else can I be doing? What else can, can I be doing? It feels like 
you're the other thing that Abraham Hicks will say a lot is you're swimming upstream. You know, if it feels like you're really like pushing, what am I going to do? And you're striving and you're, you know, a lot of times it's about just like letting go of the edge and going, I need to surrender right now because if my nervous system is all stressed out and out of whack, it's only going to affect them, which is going to slow down their own healing because their nervous systems are going to be like, what are we, what are we scared of? What are we freaking out about? Which will slow down the healing process and lower the immune system. And so it, there is this um, space in between when something happens and your ability to either react or respond to it that I feel like is a big thing where it's this pause in between and I call it the wobble. So my intention for 2023 was to take the wobble out. So when this big shit happens, because shit is always going to happen when it happens, how far do I get to one side before I realize it's happening and the momentum's going that I can let go of the edge and go, okay, whoa. And the wobble is what's in between. Right. And so taking that pause when like these big things happen and going, okay, wait, what can I do right now? What am I actually responsible for driving to the vet, you know, call wrapping the leg, whatever. And then after that, it's like, okay, let me pause again and breathe. And like, what else is there anything that I'm just going to surrender because that's the best thing I can do right in this moment. Um, and yeah. And so I feel like that's what came up for me was that the wobble, right. When all these things start to happen, sometimes you can get like, wow. And then you're just running with, with all the crazy. And then you're like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Everybody's going to die, including me. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's funny because I was texting you. I texted you immediately after it happened. And I was like, I just watched Biggie get kicked in the knee. And then I was like, but you know what? My momentum's slowing down because I had no feelings towards it. I was like, well, let's take you into the wash rack. Let's hose it off. Let's figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. And I literally had no adverse reaction to it whereas you know at the so the first event with Kip falling down that really started my momentum because I had a lot of guilt around it I walked him next to that embankment I felt like I was responsible for that um it was just a series of things that kind of started that momentum so it is kind of hard when you're just like in the shit to slow that momentum sometimes and that's what I like about um you know Abraham Hicks as well is that she talks about going general and how like you just have to go more general like you know I didn't have him walk that close to the edge or how was I supposed to know you know there's so many variables that when you get into that like how and you replay this like I know that I was like replaying that scene over and over again because I felt like shit you know that I was involved in it and then the same thing with Sage and that just gets your momentum so um, we'll definitely give you guys some practices at the end of the episode to kind of like help a little bit when you are like deep in the shit of like, how do I dig myself? I texted you that, you know, before this whole thing, I texted you, I'm in a hole. How do I get out of it? How do I crawl out of this hole? So sometimes you just need that help. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I had a good thought, but it's, I think it's gone. It it's left gone. you. Well, that's all right. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, Haley has I lots have of thoughts today. She has lots of thoughts today. <laughs> so um, I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit to um, how things can get muddied up through comparison, because mm-hmm. 
we as humans understand comparison and that is like something that we love to do. We love to compare our experiences with other people. Um, we love to compare what's going on in one moment with the next and our animals don't do that. So we can introduce a lot of resistance by um, comparing even just moments. So like, for example, if I were to like hurt my knee and not be able to walk, I would have a lot of resistance around that because I would be like, man, I really wish I could walk. I used to be able to walk and now I can't. I used to be able to drive. I used to be able to do all these things and now I can't. And we slow down the healing process because we are so in that funk of like comparing like our experience to another or even one moment to the next. Whereas our animals, you know, like Biggie got kicked in the knee. He's not thinking that he's literally like, Oh, I better be a little bit slower. I better not bend it this way. But our animals are able to really find the path of least resistance in that. And it's important to like, if you are going through something like that with your horse, it's important to just kind of like soften that comparison, like try to analyze the situation that you're going through as your own story that you're writing. It has nothing to do with anyone else. And also I feel like trying to just not have judgment, right? Like judging what's going on and how it's going to like a lot of times when our horses get injured, they're like, people will think, man, are we ever going to show again? Like, or are we ever going to do X, Y, and Z before the body even has a chance to get its positive momentum going? So that's my thoughts around that. I have a crazy, I have a crazy story about that. Um, and I did remember what I was going to say. I'll touch on it really quick because it might tie into this next part, but remembering that those step one moments, um, I feel like are just also an invitation to look at a space that could need attention or awareness, or, you know what I mean? Like like you had said, and it reminded me when you said that about, I felt I had guilt, right? So it was bringing this thing, this vibration that's been going on and just highlighted it for you. So don't necessarily go, oh no, this is one of those things. Step on moments are a path. It's like the triggers are a path to show you, hey, there's something here for you to look at. And if you pause and look at it and sort of go, okay, what is in this that I could work out, which is sort of the process that I take people through in the master class, right? It's like, oh, there's this thing popping up. It, there's a thing popping up. It, it is a pathway to you finding deeper healing. So it's not necessarily a terrible thing while it sucks usually while it's happening. <laughs> That's what I was going to remember to say. So don't get too <clears throat> just trying to avoid those moments and the momentum will bring more of it in. So if things are happening, be open to it and just you can change your perspective on them to keep you from resisting them too much. Um, but the story that it was coming up for me with the people thinking, right? So for the longest, you know, people in their brains, for the longest time, I, my whole gig was training, most of my clients were training performance horses that were having behavioral issues. So I had all horses, or dressage horses, like brain cow horses, just anything that was showing that started to get fried, they would bring to me and I would like reset them and then send them back <laughs> and not address any of the issues as to why they were, I would, it was not a good thing, but it was my <laughs> previous life. But for the longest time, I thought in order for me to be a legitimate trainer, here's my story. 
I need to be able to go show because while I can fix all of the burnout and all the things, my belief was I'm not a legitimate trainer unless I can actually go out and show people that I actually can do the finished side of it because I can. And um, instead of just doing the starting and the fixing, like I, you know, and so I, I have three horses. My one is my cutter who I showed lightly, but the other two I got when they were babies and they're bred really well. And they're both incredibly talented, very athletic. And mid my divorce, my horse was out in Arizona with a trainer to get him on cattle consistently because I couldn't do that here. And um, when I got him back, I started to feel that he was not right because my whole thing was, I can go show. He's so talented. This is great. I finally have the thing I wanted. My whole life is falling apart. Now I'm going to hold so tightly onto this thing that I've identified as what will make me a legitimate trainer since everything else is a mess in my life. And, um, and so he started to go lame and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like he's four. Like, why are you going lame? Like what is happening? Um, and then, so we x-rayed him and at four, he's cysts all over his navicular. And he also has bone spurs in his hawk. And I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, so me making this decision of, am I going to go push this horse and go show to prove, you know, that I'm a good trainer or I'm going to look at this being who I adore and go, okay, what can we do? And so I was wavering back and forth. And this is, uh, we had set up a clinic in Chucky and my horse became, he became so dead lame, like right two or three days before. And I was like, I haven't even been riding my other horse. This is the only horse I can take. And I had the vet out and he did x-rays and he was like, we're going to have to inject him, but we can't do that before you go on your trip because, you know, he needs time off. He's like, it's not going to make it worse. It's not like an, in we know what it is. Just give him a bunch of butte, you know, ride him for the next couple of days, you know, and then when you get back, we'll inject him and it'll be fine. And so I was like, okay, fine. If it's not going to make it worse, if he's going to feel comfortable, it's just a couple of days, we'll do that. And, um, and so this is my plan because I don't have another plan. And so I bring the butte and I bring all the stuff up there and we get up there. He would, he was eating the butte a couple of days before and he was sound. So I was like, we're good. Get up there. He would not touch it. He would not go near the butte. And I was like, oh my God, like I just hauled him four hours. We're all the way up here. We're not even going to be able to. And I, I sat out in the pasture with him and I was like, okay. Like, what do I need to know about this? Like what, like what? And it was like, you need to promise me you're never going to show me. I, that's not why I'm here for you. This is not, this is not why I'm here in your life. And I was like, like at this point, this is the beginning of my journey. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm like talking, like had I always communicated in some certain way with horses, but it was like very loud, very Dr. Doolittle, very like yelling, like I'm not, this is not why I'm in your life. This is not why I'm in your life. And while he loves it and he's talented, I had to hear him. And I, and I say, sat out there and then in, he laid down and I was having this conversation with him and I was like, okay, I promise. I promise. I will not show you. You will never have to go show unless at a later date, you tell me different. <laughs> like you will never, that won't be your thing. You can come to clinics with me. We'll trail ride. We'll do fun shit. We'll go work cows. You won't get pushed like that. And, um, the next day I'm like, uh, he won't eat the butte again. Like you guys are going to have to go without me. Like, it's fine. I'll just hang out here and do whatever. And 
they're like, we'll stick him in the round pen and just, you know, see how bad he is. And um, he was completely 100% sound, 100% sound. <laughs> I shit you not, there was no other way for me to explain. And I tell that story, but it was like, and we rode for three fucking days out in the mountains, on rocks, like everywhere. And I have never to this day injected him. Well, he has like gone up and down a little bit with soundness. We've changed shoes. Me making that commitment and that promise, I swear. And I have witnesses that were like, what just happened where it was gone. So I can't say that weird shit doesn't happen and shift that can't be explained sometimes. Cause that was like a huge thing for us. Um, so be open to weird shit happening. I'm just saying <laughs> that's my weird. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that agenda, you know, like they know when we have an agenda for them, like that is one of the biggest things that they feel is and probably one of the most dominant uh, topics in all of my animal communication sessions is like, what, what are you expecting from me? What are you, you know, like, what is the agenda essentially? And they ask it in many different ways, but um yeah, that's like a really big piece. And that kind of ties into what I wanted to talk about with like consequences too, because humans understand consequences. If we do this, this is going to happen tomorrow. Whereas animals don't always understand. Well, they don't, they don't understand it at all. You can't say, don't go over there because this is going to happen to you. They're going to be like, what? That's not happening right now. So what do you mean? Um, and I think that's a really big piece for people to kind of understand about their horses is that I feel like sometimes people will take behaviors or emotions personally, you know, or things happening, they take it personally, or they, they try to reason with their animal and push them to do things that they don't want to do. Because from a human standpoint, they understand consequences of like coming out of stall rest or whatever. Um, and our horses, they just don't understand that so um I don't really know where I'm going with that but I just know that that's like a piece to say (laughs) yeah well I think it well it circles back around to what you had originally started talking about was the comparison right and the you know I'm I'm walking better than I was walking yesterday and you know and and how that just doesn't happen for them they're just so in the moment and that's why it makes them such amazing teachers, right? It's like, we're so either in the past or in the present, what's going to happen, what has happened, what's going to like, hardly ever are we right where we are, which is actually the only thing that exists, you guys, the only thing that really exists is like each moment by moment, the other stuff is gone and done. And, and so when you really like can grasp onto that concept, you look at them and how in the moment they are. And, um, and, it just is like a constant reminder to stay there and assess the situation from where you're at instead of doing the comparison thing where you're like, wait a minute, yesterday you were, you liked walking here and now you don't. And, and it's just like, who cares what happened yesterday? That's already done. Like nobody cares. You're right here. Just, just let the idea go that things have to be the same or they have to be what you thought they were going to be because you're, really fully embodying like the experience of each moment and that's where you know we're all I feel like trying to like get and that's where they are all the time (laughs) yeah definitely super good so um yeah I think that was good should we should we maybe 
I wanted to give everyone just like an exercise if they so choose from an animal's standpoint of if your animal is hurt or injured or needs to be restricted for whatever reason, or if you're in a situation that you need to explain something to them with a dominant emotion. So like, this is going to be beneficial or safe for you. This is going to be maybe a little bit like worrisome for you or don't, you shouldn't do this, this, there's only one way that I've ever understood how to potentially tell an animal that there's a consequence, like a negative consequence of what they're doing. And that's through color. So from like a universal standpoint, we all kind of understand, um, like a stoplight, like red, yellow, and green for whatever reason, animals understand it. They taught me that language um, through tension and all this other stuff. It's really cool how they understand that too. And then humans understand it with like traffic lights and stuff. So um, if an animal is going to do something that is going to massively hurt them, or there's certain consequences where you are really trying to protect them, their general well-being, you can show them things in the color red. So for example, like this is just a mild example, but basically like, so if you were trying to show, if they've never seen a shock, an electric fence before, and you can, obviously they sense what the fence is, like horses know when a fence is electric, but like if they were going to go up to that fence and you wanted to tell them like, Hey, this is hot. Like this is on right now. Don't touch it. You could highlight that fence in red and send them that visual. And they would have a general understanding of, Oh, there's a weird energy here. There's like a muddied energy. Um, and then like, uh, yellow would be like, use, you know, use caution or be a little bit careful. Like from our point of view, if you had your horse, this is just the first example that's coming to my mind, but like, if your horse was in all night and you live in like a super snowy state and you're about to walk out of the barn and you know that there's a patch of black ice, you could literally show that in yellow and be like, Hey, you might not see this. Your depth perception is different than mine. Proceed with caution. And they would understand that energy. And then green is usually like a very positive thing. So if you're trying, so if you're moving your horse and you're trailering them, you can put cover the trailer in green and the new place and just be like, look, we're going here and it's going to be an adventure and it's going to be super positive. And here's a lot of green grounding energy for you. So that's like a good way to just kind of like um, to briefly connect with your animal and, and pass along a little message. One thing that I do want to say, though, is that it's not ever okay to abuse that. And if you do start abusing it, your animals will tune you out and you will like they, they really do know how to shut your energy out. So uh, for example, like it wouldn't be okay for a horse to be doing something natural, like biting his friend and you just don't like it. And for you to show his friend in red, like that's fucked up. That's not cool. So <laughs> there's no like abusing it. It's for very well-intentioned purposes, but that is a little exercise that I do with animals that I think could potentially benefit you guys. Um, and then do you want to offer anything to help maybe slow momentum down when people get kind of in that muddied space? Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, but we'll do like the one that I, I sort of do when I need it to be sort of quick. So awareness is like the first piece, right? It's like becoming aware of like, oh, and usually you're not aware of it until like two or things, 
two or three things have happened, but you get better at the moment something feels like in your body, you're like, Oh, you know, and, and you can catch it quicker as you practice. But, um, kind of like what we talked about in the first and maybe the second episode about having a daily practice where you know what it feels like to sort of feel neutral, whether it's journaling, whether it's walking, whether it's, you know, meditating, whatever it is, it can make you feel like this is my space where I am neutral in my body. When there isn't a big pull up or down, or I'm not all, I'm just here in this moment. Um, finding that kind of equilibrium, I think is a good, because if you're always sort of in like a stressed state, you're, it's going to be less obvious to you when something is actually happening, or if that's just life and the way life exists, then you won't be able to feel when things start to get out of whack. So the daily practice, and then, um, when you do become aware of something that's going on, the first thing that I sort of visualize, and we can a little bit about, about visualization, cause I know sometimes people get stuck on it. I think about it a lot. Like if I said, Hey, close your eyes and, you know, um, think about what it looks like when you park at the barn and you walk through the barn doors or, you know what I mean? It's like, you let your mind throw the pictures out there and everyone's a little bit different, but sometimes people are like, I can't visualize. And I'm like, well, you know, what does it look like? You know, close your eyes and you go to the things you already know really well and practice that way. Um, but what I'll visualize is sort of when I feel myself like, ah, oh no, oh no, step one moment. And I, it's almost like your whole body gets tense. So the first thing I sort of think about is like, okay, hold on. I pause. And I even like think about, I'm letting go of the side of um, the riverbank, you know, cause when you get like that and you start to like, I need to fix this. How do I make this stop? You're going to make it worse. And that's you trying to paddling and like grabbing your way up the side of the river. Um, so I'll first let go and go, okay, hold on. I just need to like chill for a minute. And I'll go into, um, depending on the situation, I'll go into a rampage of gratitude, which is, or appreciation, which is another thing that they talk about where you go general, you don't think, okay, my horse has a broken leg. I'm not going to look at my horse's broken leg and go, this is so great. This is amazing. My horse is because you're probably the momentum is already, you're too far gone. You're like mid bottom of the hill trying to stop, you know? So you go general and it's like, I'm so glad um, that I have the resources that I have the vet to call. I'm so glad that the sun is shining. I'm so glad that I have a space to put my horse to heal. I'm so glad that I'm here to be aware that this is happening. So you don't try to, you know, you go where, and if you can't even go there without hitting resistance, you can just be grateful for things in your own body. I'm so glad that my eyes can see. I'm so glad that my lungs are working and I can inhale, you know, just to sort of put like a break in that, um, in all of that momentum, taking you, taking you far in. <laughs> um, but I still think the most important thing is that that daily practice so that you actually can tell when, <laughs> when, something is starting to happen because if you don't have that feel in your own body, it'll be, you'll be so far gone. You won't even, you know, until, you know, so, um, and then really remembering you don't have to go, Oh no, it's a step one moment. It's like, okay, step one moment. It's showing me more of what I do want more of what I don't want. And I get to choose right now what I'm going to focus on remembering that like you do have the choice. You don't have to just get swooped away. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a super great practice. Well, thanks everyone from listening. Yep. If you guys liked this episode, make sure you share it and like it and subscribe and do all the things you're supposed to do. <laughs>
and um and let us know if there's anything in this episode that you feel like you know was important to you or something that you can use and um we'll be happy to hear it and receive that thank you see you later <laughs> see you later <laughs>